So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Common Sea Inspiration, being produced here in our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And this, the 22nd of March, it's the fourth Sunday in Lent. My name is John Keeley, and helping me again to, pre- to present the programme, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Oh, good. Thank you very much indeed. In these trying times and times where we're all trying to feel our feet and help each other, we want to welcome, especially as we always do on this programme, our listeners who are housebound, those who are struggling and lonely with all sorts of things these days, with fear about what's happening with this virus and what's going to happen in the future. And in some way, we plan and, and, and hope that we're bringing some little bit of hope this morning, which would include uh, later on in the programme, um, Shane has uh, an interview planned with our Bishop, Bishop Brendan Leahy of Limerick, and also some music, something to assure us that we're not alone, that God is with us. But in the meantime, thank you again, as I said, for, for, for joining us. Just to remind new listeners, this programme is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download on commonseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com and also on, our, on Spotify and iTunes. All you've got to do is Google Common Sea Inspirations. A little bit of a change now in terms of our, 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 our plan and our broadcasting these days. We plan, as we did last Sunday, to broadcast Mass live, however we do it, wherever we have it from, but at 10am each Sunday morning. That being the case, the programme um, that we usually have, our regular programme, which, which includes these days, Reflection on the Stations of the Cross, and, this morning, and today it's Sharon Cal- uh, Calapi, who's, uh, who is speaking to us and reflecting on the 10th, 11th and 12th station. That will continue on in the evening at 11pm as usual. But in the morning, we'll see how it goes in terms of, of uh, what time Mass finishes and so on and so forth. So this, our regular programme will continue every Sunday night, if that makes sense, at 11pm. And of course, that will be up on our, on our blog and uh, our, our podcasting uh, station, which is Come and See Inspirations at buzzspread.com. If you want to contact us at all, and please do so, uh, offer us suggestions, um, any messages you want to pass on, no problem, 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or you can email us, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. But we're going to continue today, and ask Shane, has he got any saints he's going to share with us for the week? Shane. Thanks, John. Um, so, yes, as you said, in terms of, you know, t- the calendar does move on. And although it's hard to believe, today is the fourth Sunday of Lent. And it is actually Latare Sunday. So Latare Sunday, it is takes its the, the term comes from the Latin word which begins the opening collect or the opening prayer of the Mass. And it mirrors Gaud- Gaudate Sunday, which we have during Lent. And the idea is that um it's a Sunday which kind of reminds people that, you know, the journeys there is an end in sight to the journey of Lent. So I think it's appropriate at this Sunday that when we're, we're you know, in the, in the situation that we're in, where we're looking for moments of hope, moments of grace, uh, that it is actually Atari Sunday that we are celebrating today. For those praying the Psalter, we're on week four, and it is one thing we would say to people who are looking for ways of maintaining or rediscovering a spiritual life 
the Psalter, which is the the the, the official day to day prayer of the, of the church, if you like, uh, you you know sometimes known as the Liturgy of the Hours, sometimes known as the Divine Office. A lot of people are discovering that online, and if anyone out there is looking to find it and find it in a very easily accessible way, universal universalis universalis even dot uh, com will get you the Liturgy of the Hours, and they break it up into morning and evening prayer and the times during the day. Um, now, I appreciate a lot of the resources that we're giving are obviously for people that have internet connectivity. We are very conscious, of course, that there are also other listeners who don't have connections to the internet. So, in terms of the saints during this coming week, there are celestial guides that are going to accompany us in, in this week's journey. On Monday, the 23rd of March, we have St. Toribus of Mongrovojo, I think it's how it's pronounced. He died in 1606. He was a layman when he was appointed Archbishop of Lima, and he combated all the abuses of the conquistadors in Peru and built up the church there. So he is a Peruvian. He's a saint associated with Peru. Uh, and I'm, I'm a bit. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why this man is actually listed on the Irish Order, but there he is. He's, he's listed there. Then on Tuesday, which is the 24th of March, we have the feast day of Saint Macartan of Clogher, so associated with Clogher Diocese. He was a friend and disciple of Saint Patrick, an uncle of Saint Bridget, a missionary with Patrick throughout pagan Ireland, according to the tradition, and he was consecrated as the first bishop of Clogher by Patrick himself. And he died in 505 AD of natural causes. Obviously, of course, the 25th of March is the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. So, of course, it is the, the, the commemoration, the marking of these, the, the liturgical marking of the Annunciation by the angel Gabriel to Mary that she was to conceive and bear the Son of God. And, of course, that great fiat, thy will be done, which, of course, was one of the great uh, acceptances of the divine will, which Mary gives up as an example to us all. Uh, then on Thursday, which is the 26th of March, we have the feast day of St. Garvan. Now, this gentleman, there isn't a whole lot known about him. He's on the Irish calendar. He was a 7th century abbot associated, obviously enough, with Dungarvan. Or the, 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 you know, so he was obviously the, the abbot of that particular monastery associated with that particular part of the world, that particular part of the country, I should say. Uh, then on Friday, the 27th of March, we have the feast day, we have a feast day associated with St. Matthew of Bovis. He was a soldier, a knight who fought in the First Crusades. He was captured by the Saracens and ordered to renounce Christianity, for which he refused. And he was, mur he was martyred by being beheaded. Then, on Saturday, we have the feast day of Blessed Donal O'Neillan. The Blessed Donal is one of the Irish martyrs, a Franciscan priest, died in 1580, the 28th of March, 1580, in Yall in Cork. And uh, he's, a, he's also one of the Irish martyrs whose feast day is celebrated on the 20th of June. So that's what we have, John, in terms of celestial guides this week. Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for that. Now, we have a spiritual communion prayer that we always pray each Sunday, and this is specifically for those who can't receive Mass, uh, who can't receive Jesus at Mass. And, of course, that's an awful lot of us these days because most of us can't get to Mass, all of us can't get to Mass these days. So this is one time when we can pray this particular prayer together. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
Now, at this stage, I'm going to ask Shane maybe if he can share a little bit of information with us around this novena. Uh, the bishop, I believe, attended um, the Mount St. Alphonsus there on St. Patrick's Day and lit a candle and really initiated uh, or, or helped to start off a novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, which finishes next Wednesday. And I believe this prayer is associated with each day, Shane. We've only got a few minutes left. Can you share a few? Um, yeah, so uh, the, it is, it's an initiative of Archbishop uh, Martin in Armagh, and basically uh, it's a novena from between the 17th of March to the 25th of March, which is the Feast of the Annunciation, and basically encouraging people to participate in it. And on the 25th of March, all the bishops in Ireland are going to consecrate Ireland to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And as John said, and we've, we're, we'll be discussing it later with Bishop Brendan, um, on St. Patrick's Day to start the, the novena here in Limerick, Bishop Brendan went to Mount St. Alphonsus, to the Redemptorist Church, to the Fathers, as it's sometimes known. And at the Mass there, a candle was lit before the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, Our Lady of Perpetual Succor. And of course, many people, of course, in Limerick have a great devotion to Our Lady under her title of Perpetual Help. So actually, what we would say to people during, you know, particular people is, if you have a picture of Our Lady, if you have a copy of the icon, take it out and light a small candle in front of it and participate in the novena that's, uh, that's happening. Now, each day there is particular prayers, as John said, for the novena. As uh, I, you know, they're too long to read out, John. I'm uh, just right now. There's there's a, there's a different prayer for each day, and they're quite they're quite substantial. Um, so I, it's 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 yeah, it's um, but it is available online. It is available on the Diocesan website for those that are looking for it. If you have a neighbor, an elderly neighbor that would like it, we would say to people maybe to print it out and obviously observing social distancing, maybe pass it across to those uh, to that particular neighbor as well. Um, so th- th- that's that's there. So it's available on the Diocesan website, dioceslimerick.org, and uh, that that's under the news section. If you're looking for, click into news, and you'll get that there. Also, just in terms of other things, just in terms of things that are going on around the world, just so people don't feel that this is just in Ireland. Obviously, churches have been closed right across Europe and in the United, continental United States of America, and across many parts of South Central America and across Africa. It's an interesting to note too that. That um, included in Italy, uh, the, the, just so people are aware, as we know, many people have died in in, in Italy from the coronavirus and the, compli- the respiratory complications it's arisen. And one of those that have, a group of those that have died is actually six priests of the Diocese of Bergamo uh, who were out ministering to the faithful. And uh, it's interesting because, of course, Bergamo is the home diocese of good Pope John Twenty-Third. So, you know, that very much priests answering the call of Pope Francis to minister to people even in the midst of sickness. And, of course, uh, churches, of course, are being kept open in many countries, including here in Ireland, for people while observing social distancing to go in and to pray. So I know, for example, in Limerick, if for whatever reason you happen to be in the city, obviously we discourage that but if you happen to be in the Augustinian church is open and I do know they have exposition on the main altar for example um, so just just for just for just for just things like that Pope Francis of course is uh, broadcasting um, each morning his mass from the Domus Santa Marta where he lives 
And it's interesting because, of course, usually the Papal Daily Mass, it's a ticket that, you know, it, there's, there's almost, it's a, it's a have-to thing if you're in Rome to get a ticket to the Papal Mass. Now the whole world can join Pope Francis, to join in Pope Francis' Daily Mass. Obviously, it's in Italian, and I don't know if, there, if there's limited translation provided by the Vatican TV. Um, so that's just a couple of things, John, just in terms of the wider world, just so people are aware of it and, the, you know, things that are going on. Um, also, there's a lot of um, online resources for people that want to, dis- to, to, to discover things about the faith. So, for example, Lent, you know, two things I would say to people. It's probably going to be a long Lent. Let's be honest about it. And we are going through a desert moment at the moment in terms of, in terms of many things in terms of we're cut off from what we do and in terms of normal routine. And from a spiritual point of view, obviously for many people, there's a huge loss in not being able to attend mass. But what we would say to people is, it is in the desert that we have the opportunity to, to encounter God in a different way. Like our history of faith teaches us that. That's what we commemorate when we celebrate the 40 days of Lent when Jesus went into the desert. So for each of us, it's to discover that what is God calling us to do at this moment in time? And that this fast that we're going on, we're undergoing at the moment, you know, as as this Eucharistic fast, if you like, I would say to Irish people, book up, you know, we have been through this before. You know, not us maybe in this generation, but if we think about our histories and our understanding of our history as a faith community, you know, there's opportunities there looking back where people went without the Eucharist for a long time. And out of that, they rediscovered an appreciation of what it is that they had. And that's an opportunity that's there for us that we, you know, we sometimes can become complacent about things. It's an opportunity for us to thank God for the great gift that the Eucharist is and to pray that it'll be a gift that'll be returned to us as soon as possible. Okay, John. Shane, thank you very much, Nick, for that. So now it's time to go for our first piece of music. Uh, just before that, just to remind listeners, uh, join us in part two. Continue to stay with us in part two, where Sharon Callopy uh, joins us to share her reflections on the 10th, 11th and 12th station of the cross. But uh, as I said, it's time for us to go for our piece of music. This one from the Maranatha time, uh, from the Maranatha singers, one maybe to give us a little bit of hope. It's entitled In His Time. So join us again in part two, where... Sharon will give us her reflections on the Stations of the Cross.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. And continuing on with our series of reflections on Stations of the Cross, it's a delight for me to welcome on to the programme this morning, Sharon Collapy. Good morning to you, Sharon. Good morning, John. Lovely to be here with you. Thanks, Sharon. Sharon is going to share with us some thoughts, her thoughts on the 10th, 11th and 12th station. But just as we did last week, to allow us to get into that space where we can just get rid of all our other thoughts and worries and concerns, let's again just listen to that beautiful piece of music. Stay here. So now we'll invite Sharon, Sharon Callipi, to share with us her thoughts on the tenth station. Jesus is stripped of his clothing. We remember the clothes being ripped from Jesus as he was stripped of his dignity in front of an irreverent mob. Jesus sacrificed everything. He holds nothing of himself back. Here, on the threshold of death, even more intensely than during his lifetime, he is being for others. He surrenders everything in order to ransom all. Jesus continues to be stripped of his dignity every day all over the world when there are people who suffer humiliation, torture, false imprisonment and even death simply because of their beliefs, their gender, their race or religion, in those who have their good name taken from them and the intimate details of their lives exposed through the media. Society takes on the role of judge and jury as we curiously devour the details. During the past couple of weeks, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us have been stripped of employment financial security, and in some cases, of our health. It has brought with it sufferings of body, mind, and spirit. And yet, in the midst of it all, there had been an incredible sense of solidarity, of community, and of humanity. There is something we often forget about dignity, that it is found beneath our skin, deep within our heart, part of us and it always will be with us. So let us pray now that we embody kindness and compassion. Right now we are being asked to bring a collective energy of hope, positivity and love. 
that we may use our position and privilege of help to reach out with kindness and empathy to meet the needs within our families, our relationships, our neighbourhoods, our parish, and within the wider community that we are part of. That we are prompted to share resources, whether it's food, money, supplies, or even links to social media platforms that encourage connection and community-mindedness. That we respect boundaries around sharing media and news with our loved ones who may be dealing with high levels of anxiety. That we remember that our worth doesn't lie in how much we do, but how much we show up for others in these times of need. That we begin to deeply explore what lessons may be here for us in these times. That we may respect the dignity of others and leave judgment to God. So we pray, we ask you, Lord, grant that all of us may acknowledge the dignity belonging to our nature. Even when we find ourselves naked and alone before others, grant that we may always see the dignity of others respect it and defend it. We ask you to grant us the courage needed to understand ourselves as more than the clothing we wear and to accept our own nakedness. It reminds us of our poverty with which you fell in love, even to giving your life for us. Amen. Now I would like to introduce a song called Rescue by Lauren Daigle. You are not hidden There's never been a moment You were forgotten You are not hopeless Though you have been broken Your innocence stolen I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. There is no distance It cannot be covered Over and over You're not defenseless I'll be a shelter I'll be your armor I hear
So now we'll ask Sharon to share her thoughts on the 11th station. Jesus is nailed to the cross. We remember the huge iron nails that were hammered through his wrists and through his ankles. Iron through human flesh. The flesh must yield. There is no defence. Jesus, nailed to the cross, cannot move. The hand that has wiped blindness from the eyes, the hand that opened the seal of deafness, the hand that touched a heart and cured a leper, the hand that blessed children and those with a disability. The carpenter's hand is joined to the wood again. As the cross is put in place, he hangs there between us and God, a blood-stained victim for love. What would we have done in his place? Would we have had the courage to acknowledge his truth, our truth? He had the strength to bear the weight of the cross, to meet with disbelief, to be condemned for his provocative words. Jesus continues to be crucified in all those who die every minute of hunger in our world. He is crucified in all who are maimed, damaged and displaced because of war. He is crucified in all who are marginalised in our society because of their race, sexuality or gender. He is crucified in those who are abused physically, sexually or emotionally. He is crucified in those who are trafficked across the world. He is crucified in the exploitation of the earth and its resources. So during these times, I look around and see eyes glued to telephone screens, people throwing the social networks in order to nail others for their every mistake, with no possibility of forgiveness. People ruled by anger, screaming their hatred of one another for the most futile reasons. People spreading fear and panic in an attempt to feel less fear and panic within themselves. The people who are silently screaming for help. So let us pray now for all victims of violence, those who suffer it and those who inflict it. On behalf of those who cannot reach out to you at this moment, Lord, for those who have been blinded by trauma, anger or greed, that both their minds and their hearts be open to receive your merciful love. Let us pray for children, for the elderly, and those too sick and vulnerable to defend themselves. For all the healthcare workers who put themselves in danger to help others. For all of us who are strong and well, may we fully become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. As we pray, O Jesus, we believe in you. We hope in you and we love you. Strengthen our faith, renew our hope and love and grant our prayers. Touch with your healing love, O Lord, all who feel the hurt of life's wounds. Long ago, when people prayed to you for healing, you listened to them, blessed them and answered their prayer. Heal us now of our sinfulness and of the hatred that divides us. Take away our hardness of heart. Open our eyes, which are often blind to the needs of others. Remove our selfishness and our greed. Give us self-control at all times and fill our hearts with your eternal love. O Jesus, we ask you now to heal and bless us and fill us with your peace. 
Amen. And now I introduce The Light of the World, song once again by Lauren Jagel. So now we'll ask Sharon to share with us her thoughts on the 12th station of the cross. Jesus dies on the cross. As we remember the life of Jesus ebbing away, Jesus' words are not of condemnation or of pity for himself, but of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In the midst of his anguish and suffering, Jesus calls upon his Father to forgive those who are putting him to death. This is the real challenge of the cross. Forgiveness even of those who hurt us most. As Jesus dies on Calvary, he challenges us to love our enemies, to let go of hurt, to ask for forgiveness. And when we cannot find in our hearts to forgive, ask God to do it for us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There is much to seek forgiveness for in our world. The world's crosses of today. Hunger, poverty, violence, abuse, war, neglect, corruption. The list seems endless. Each one of us praying these stations could continue the list on our own behalf and indeed on behalf of those who are part of us. Jesus knew what it was to feel abandoned as he went through the deepest and darkest suffering that we can imagine. When we are feeling lost and alone, let your light shine upon us, O Lord, so that we can find our way back to you. His cry on the cross was loud and heart wrenching. During these uncertain days, we are not prepared for all the changes and struggles that are occurring day by day. Instinctively, we flee in panic before suffering. We become almost accustomed to fleeing the pain and suffering of others around us, having become numb to them, as we claim that we don't have enough time or energy or resources to help. We often resist and reject it. We prefer to look away or to close our eyes. But Jesus remained there, on the cross, 
awaiting us with open arms. So at this time, may we let go of all grudges, let go of all anger and resentment as we come together to tear down the walls that divide us, as we fully realize our common humanity, treating each other with kindness and respect, that we may truly come together as one human race, giving and living from our hearts, focusing upon that which unifies us, and realizing that in helping to heal another, we heal ourselves. So let us pray that we may see the innocence in others and that we may remember that people are more likely to act out of fear and panic when they have never felt safe in their lives. That we are quick to seek to understand and then show mercy and forgiveness towards ourselves and others. That we embody love by thinking we instead of I that we look out for the needs of others and fill them where we can, that we may reach out and ask for help too when and where we struggle in our lives. Jesus loved us by suffering and dying on the cross, doing the Father's will. This is a great mystery, one that continues to question us and to unsettle us. It challenges us and invites us to open our eyes and demonstrate a selfless love towards others. May we too do the Father's will. As we pray, we ask you, Lord, that in the face of good, we may be ready to recognize it. In the face of injustice, we may find courage to take our lives in our hands and to act differently. Grant that we may be set free from all the fears like the nails, immobilize us and keep us far from the life you have desired and prepared for us. We ask you, Lord, open our eyes to see you also in suffering, in death, in the ending, which is not the real ending. Upset our complacency by your cross. Shake off our drowsiness. Challenge us always by your disturbing mystery, your overcoming and grant life. Forgiveness can be hard work, and at times can be impossible. So we pray that God helps us to understand that it isn't the fact that not something we do, but something that we receive. It is a gift from God who loves us totally. Maybe then we will be able to forgive others as God has forgiven us. So allow me now to introduce this beautiful Irish reflection from Patrick Spesky's I Rise Today. Sharon, thank you so much for, for helping us all here to, to journey with Jesus this morning as he continues to carry his cross to Calvary. Thank you so much indeed. God bless you. Bye. Thank you, John. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.
the sea, stability of earth, firmness of rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's eye to look before me, God's wisdom to guide me. Way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me from all who shall wish me ill afar and alone and in. Uh, welcome back to part three of the program um, here on Sacred Space 102 and West Limerick 102, a Common Sea production. Uh, I'm Shane Ambrose, delighted to welcome you back. And this morning, we're delighted to welcome on the program Bishop Brendan Leahy. Good morning, Bishop Brendan. How are you keeping? Good, Shane. Thank you very much, despite all that's going on. I suppose all of us are trying to keep up some good cheer at the moment. Indeed, indeed. Now, we're delighted to have you on the program. And we now, and it's just it was just we said we'd we'd have a quick chat with you this morning because I suppose there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, there's it's a difficult time for everyone, as 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 the Taoiseach said during the week. It's kind of the challenge we haven't seen in our generation or our lifetimes. And I suppose one of the things that struck us here on the program was that uh, there's probably as well as a need for the whole physical uh, thing to be managed, like the social distancing, the washing of the hands, uh, the looking out for symptoms and ch- contacting GP or the HSE as needed. I suppose one of the things that struck us is, you know, it's an unusual situation and there's also the spiritual and mental well-being side of things to think about as well. Very much so. Obviously, people, I think, at the moment are experiencing a range of emotions because, you know, this crisis is hitting people at all kinds of levels. Naturally, some people, most people, uh, no matter what, have some kind of a, a fear inside them that this could strike them. God, thankfully, most people recover well out of it. But people have a, I'm sure, a slight scare inside them that this thing could be very serious personally for anybody, and particularly those who are vulnerable or elderly. So there's a fear element there. But then what we've heard about, especially during the week, increasingly, the amount of job losses linked to this. That has been a, a startling development this week for a lot of people. And then you have the whole phenomenon of people now discovering kind of family arrangements having to be completely rearranged because everything has changed children all are at school, possibly now somebody's out of work. Uh, you can't be bringing the children to the grandparents. So there's a lot of levels of fear, anxiety, stress. And I think naturally at a time like this, you'd say it would be fantastic if they could have the best spiritual resources possible available to them. And at this very time, unfortunately, we've had to have that decision about masses, the public celebration of masses being cancelled. But I think, look, we've got to say to ourselves, mass is taking place everywhere. Uh, that's continuing. Um, all the priests are staying mass every day for all our intentions. 
And I think what we all need to do in the middle of all of the stress that's going on is to rely again on the higher power. Obviously, Christians will call that higher power God, who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And that really it's a time for us to spiritually bow down in our hearts and recognize I'm not in control of this world. That certainly has been brought home to us very strongly this week. And I really do have to trust. I have to trust in God. I have to hand over to God. I have to ask for help. And even though we can't go to mass, uh, thankfully, through the technological means, we can link up, I suppose, on computer. Maybe people can help us do that. But above all, spiritually, privately, we can always say prayers. And of course, no barriers or no boundaries can ever stop us loving people. That's ultimately the essence of our Catholic, our Christian faith. I suppose one of the things that struck uh, struck us during when, the, the, when this whole thing was being discussed is that the bishops, the, the conference of bishops' message, I suppose, was that as people are faced of faith, we are called to face the fears at this moment with a courage not our own and with a generous heart, and then that it's God is with His people in good times and bad, and if I sh- you know, and if I should walk in the valley of valley of darkness, no evil would I fear, and I suppose one of the things I suppose that. I think as Christians, maybe we're called to be, be, be uh, to remind ourselves that we are people of hope. That while we are in liturgically, we're in the Lenten season, we're still traveling towards Easter. And I suppose the reminder for ourselves is that we are still an Easter people. We are a people of hope. And I suppose in the midst of, you know, the times where we are at the moment, where people are a bit more restricted in what they're doing or what they can do. What would you kind of suggest maybe for people in terms of where are the moments of grace that we have in this difficult time? And I suppose where I'm thinking of in particular, I suppose at the moment is, of course, the opportunities that are there for people in terms of prayer life, in terms of the domestic church, that, that kind of thing. Yes, well, I do want to be mindful in saying what I'm saying that there are some people who are struggling just on the day-to-day level. Suddenly their finance maybe has been cut back and all those issues are there. So anything I want to say, I want to just make sure I'm mindful of that. But look, there is always a flip side. The Christian faith would say wherever there is darkness, there is some grace working. And I suppose we all have that first statement uh, that you've made there is so true. We have to discover where are the moments of grace and what's going on. Now, it can be the in a, a grace can come in a way that's a paradox. In other words, mm. the very place that we might feel disastrous happening. Look, God might be doing something in our lives that we don't realize at the moment, but maybe something's happening that long term is going to be important for us. I think especially of families. Um, you know, we've settled more recently on new patterns of family life. Suddenly that's all been thrown upside down. And people are having time in a way they didn't before to be together. Now, that can be its own challenge. And I know that. But there is a grace here somewhere that we need to grasp and discover that we can actually have quality time with with children, with parents, um, whether it be just spending time doing games together, going for walks together, um, chatting together, maybe watching something on television, but doing it together and talking about it and having time to talk about things. I think that is a grace at this moment in time to rediscover the relationships with one another. And then also, I think we've seen people coming out with creative ways of doing things. Even the St. Patrick's Day, we didn't have any parades, rightly so. Uh, Nevertheless, I thought people were creative. I saw 
uh, clip of somebody, a lone piper walking down the street playing the pipes for people. Uh, I saw another place where they had in the city here a kind of a little car parade where families in cars went through the streets. So people, in other words, what I want to say is people are being creative. And I suppose there is that grace in this moment of time asking ourselves, how can I be creative and loving other people, uh, whether it be singing for them, dancing for them, whether it be spending the time, the quality time, listening to them, talking to them. So these are kind of moments of grace for us. Then also, exactly in terms of the church, suddenly we can't go to our usual way, our usual routine of mass every Sunday. We may have to be creative about how we use the technological means. We may need help in that, but I think it is definitely worthwhile doing. But as, apart from that, maybe we do need to discover that Mass is central for Catholics, but it's not everything. Mm. We can form, have other prayers during the week, the straightforward prayers that we know, the Our Father, Hail Mary, but maybe re- reading a part of the Bible, some passage from the Bible, or again, those who have a bit of technology, looking up stuff on technology. There are a lot of websites um, and we're in the dice. They're hoping to put them together and start putting these things on our web page more and more. Resources for children, resources for, for families that maybe will help during these days. So what is a difficulty could become a grace in that sense that we might discover all kinds of resources that are available for families online that we didn't appreciate existed. Mm. And I think as well, Bishop, I think you'd agree that um, it's an opportunity for us as well, I suppose, to recognize that there is, like you said, as well as being new of, of discovering and rediscovering ways of prayer. But there's also, I suppose, if you like, discovering and rediscovering a new call to community more than ever, even though we are, if you like, scattered in one sense. Um, like, 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 you know, like, going, you know, if we, if we take the analogy, if we take one of the parables from Scripture, like the seed thrown across the, or across the across the earth, but at the same time, we, as a community, we need to come together but stay separate so that we can protect the most vulnerable. That expression that the the teacher used, the cocoon, those that are most vulnerable in our societies. Um, definitely, do you think there is? There's definitely a call that we're all called to answer there. Yes, you're right. Um, you know, sometimes you, you appreciate something in its opposite. In other words, we had umpteen possibilities for dropping in and being in contact all the time until this week. And suddenly those possibilities are removed from us. We suddenly realize it opens our eyes to just what we take for granted, which is interaction at all kinds of levels. So there's a new, on the one hand, realization of the gift that relationships are to us. They keep us going. They're the lifeblood of society. Now we're having to work at it. And as you say, we're going to have to work especially at keeping an eye out for those who are poor, poor and poor in the sense of needing needing help, needing uh, people calling, at least concerned about them, phoning them, whatever. And I'm delighted seeing there's a whole plethora of uh, initiatives beginning to take route in Limerick. I see the GAA, for instance, have been very to the, much to the fore. There's some like 60 clubs throughout Limerick or whatever, and they have young volunteers who are well used to being trained, going out lively, vibrant people. And it's great to see that enthusiasm on their part, the young adults who are really uh, going for it, trying to make a difference. And um, that, I mean, that's admirable. It really is. I mean, of course, the social distancing, we'll all have to keep that all the time on, in mind. But it is great to see these initiatives. It just shows you when the chips are down, people really do rise to another level of, of trying to help one another. And that's when we really discover 
who are meant to be all the time, you know. So that's, mm-hmm. I think, a good thing. Okay. And finally, Bishop Brendan, um, you know, I'm just conscious as well that, you know, a lot of our, our particular listenership that we have here on Sacred Space would be, you know, um, the, uh, would be elderly, uh, would be older, or people that might be sick, so would be vulnerable in the current circumstances. And I suppose in terms of participating in the, in, in, in kind of the, dio- the diocesan response to COVID-19, one of the things we pointed out to our listeners last St. Patrick's Day, of course, was the fact that as the bishop, you went to uh, the the shrine of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And of course, people in Limerick have a great devotion to Our Lady under her title of Perpetual Help. And you lit the candle to seek her intercession. So I suppose would we, you'd be encouraging people to participate in, in, in continuing yeah. those prayers. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. I went on St. Patrick's Day to the Redemptorist Church in Limerick, Mount St. Alphonsus, and there I lit a candle, which will be lighting, as indeed through many, throughout the churches in the diocese, a candle will be lighting because there is a novena going on between the 17th, St. Patrick's Day a few days ago, and the 25th, which is the Feast of the Annunciation. And this is a time of prayer in Ireland, a special time of prayer precisely for us at this time of the uh, coronavirus crisis and while I was at the Redemptress of course it was very important to go and spend time praying before the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Health which you know has been in Limerick over 150 years many many people over those 150 years have gone with personal prayers and petitions and problems and brought them to Our Lady. Now we have a novena where together for these days we're praying. So today, Sunday, you'll have a few more days of this novena until the 25th. So I would ask everybody to say prayers to Our Lady. And then on the 25th, Archbishop Emma Martin has launched the initiative that all the bishops, we will consecrate Ireland to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So we will do that on the 25th of March, Feast of the Annunciation. So I would invite everybody to take part in that spiritually. That would be an important gesture. Bishop Brendan, thank you so much for being on the programme with us this morning and for sharing those thoughts for us, particularly at this difficult time. Thanks, Shane. And thank you very much. All the very best to you and all the listeners. Thank you. God bless. That was Bishop Brendan, and thank him very much for coming on the program this morning to share with us uh, those few thoughts and reflections as we journey through this difficult time. So we hope to have you again next Sunday, uh, folks. And again, the plan is that we will broadcast uh, the Sunday Mass on the morning program at 10 a.m. And then the regular program will be repeated on the repeat slot at 11 p.m. And of course, is available online on our podcast, our podcast page at Come and See Inspirations. You just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us. So now we'll go out with our final piece of music, which is by uh, John Michael Talbot. And it is God Alone is Enough. Until next week, folks, look after each other, practice your social distancing and wash those hands. Talk to you soon. trouble you and let nothing frighten you for everything passes but God will never
ever change Patient endurance Will obtain everything Once for all 